Nine Podcasts. G'day everyone, it's Matt here. When we put the mics down after finishing six tackles with Gus for this week, Gus started going down memory lane with some of his favourite old school rugby league stories and at that point I thought we'd better hit the record button and come up with a bonus episode. So, here it is. I hope you enjoy now, talking about old school, old school footy stuff, right? Now we, we sent the we sent a call out. Old school stuff you remember. Now, Guy, who is a, a big fan of the podcast, he runs the Adelaide Rams fan page. <laughs> Say no more. He said in he said in some photos. Now, one one of the things thing I miss about old school footy, the big numbers on the jerseys. In an era where the jumpers got dirty too and the replacements would stick out like lighthouses, the ground announcer would say, on the field for the Dragons is number 41. (laughs) And he sent a couple of photos. The the Masterton Homes, um, Western Suburbs jersey, and the Penfolds Wine, St. George jersey, both were number 41. Yeah, well, I was a Dragons supporter back in the day. I used to go to the games. And by the end of the game, those white jerseys were covered in dirt. Yes. They were were virtually black. They had a black called Fitzgerald. Fitz... uh, Fitzgerald, who was a top tackler every week. Some of them had clean jerseys at the end. <laughs> Lord Ted had clean jerseys at the end. He didn't tackle too many. But the grounds were dust bowls hmm. back in the day. They were dust bowls by, by the middle part of the season because you trained on them and played on them. Everyone played on them. There was no grass on the field. There was no. We didn't have the um, the technology we had today about grass and fields, and they weren't protected like they were. But they, those white jerseys would be virtually black by the end of the game. Now, explain to our listeners slash viewers... Why they would have jumpers that go up to like... You'd even have them in the 50s sometimes. Yeah. Well, you had all three grades. Every team had three grades. Yes. So when you named your team... When they named their team on the Thursday night, you used to name them on the Thursday night for the big league program, you'd start at number one, you fall back in first grade, you go through to 13, and then your fullback in reserve grade was number 14, <laughs> and they go through to number 26. And your, first, your, your number 27 was your fullback in third That's grade. Bizarre, and then you'd have all your, your, your reserves after that. And they didn't name reserves in those days. You yeah. played... The rule was you had to play a full reserve grade or or under-23s game or third-grade game. They used to have 23s in third grade. They swapped a bit over age teams. And they and you had to play a full game in a lower grade before you could sit on the bench for first grade. <laughs> it's okay. And stuff, then, isn't it? then they changed it to you had to play at least half a game in a lower grade. To sit. That's where I got my first grade debut. Hmm. Was I played a full game in under-23s and I played... Yeah, you told us you were halfway through a beer. I was halfway through a beer. <laughs> in the spa. Sitting in the spa. <laughs> They said the coach wants you on the sideline. Oh. They needed a goal kicker. Um, pretty rough. I was the best goal kicker we had. So, Can you, is this, that's nonsensical. Now you think you go from, from one to third. Who thought? Oh, then then we'll just go number start at number fourteen in reserve grade. Why don't we just go one yeah, to thirteen again? Yeah, people <laughs> have some old big league programs. Yeah. it goes right down to the end. You know, like and and when, when you're first starting out, when you're first starting out, just getting your name in the program was a big thing. But you might be number fifty eight. Yeah. <laughs> You're on, the, you're, you're on the end of a 10-man bench for third grade or something. Right? And then there was the old asterisk, three to be omitted. Yeah, three to be omitted and something like that. But oh, what would happen days. during the week, someone would get sick or someone got injured or someone couldn't play. Or someone couldn't get the daft work. So you, you, you'd come into the first grade side, but you'd still be wearing your number 28 jersey. <laughs> That's right. You know, so it was yours for the day. It was yours for the day. Yeah, it was <laughs> yours great. for the day. Isn't that funny? Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. Uh, Guy also wants us to bring back some of the commentary cliches, Gus. Yes. On the burst. On the burst, yeah. You don't hear that anymore. The don't, big don't argue. Yep. A bell ringer. Now, the one I like, the old softening up period. Softening up period, <laughs> yeah. Compulsory. Was that, a, was that a Rex Mossop 
ism, the, the old softening up period. The softening up period was real. That was <laughs> the first 20 minutes. It was pretty chaotic out there for 20 minutes. Uh, then uh, fatigue had set in and they'd get into a game of football. <laughs> yeah, it was a, she was a softening up period and then the game of football would break out. I saw actually a clip online the other day of the first play of a Wallabies game against Ireland in the 1991 World Cup. Now, everyone thought that rugby league was brutal back in the day. Australia kicked off. Ireland caught it, and t- the Wallabies bloke and the Irish bloke who weren't even near the ball just grabbed each other and started punching on. They even did it in rugby. Softening up. They had period. a softening up period. Yeah, we've got to get it, get it sorted out <laughs> who's on top there. Willow wants us to have a round where we use sand Wait instead on, of kicking com- tees. Commentary. What about, oh, what, about, what about chiming into the back chiming line? Chiming into the back line. Chiming into the back line. <laughs> Fullback chiming into the back line. Making the extra man. The overlap. The overlap. Making the extra man for the lower. Or yeah. the centre combination. Yeah, See, centres used to play together. Yeah, I know. Centres yeah. used to play, used to have the forwards and the backs. That's what, you go out to kick off, and you'd say to the other the other team they're kicking off, which way are you are kicking, mate? Kicking that way. Okay, forwards, backs. All the forwards would line up on that side, and the backs would line up on that side. What? Yeah. And then really? all the forwards would play together, and the backs would just, you know, so you'd move the ball a couple with the forwards, <laughs> this is then, you'd, a... then you'd line your back line out, half. Five eight yeah. center fullback chiming into chiming the back line, into the back line, then center and winger, yeah, and then the forwards would come over and they'd rock it up a few more, and then you'd re- the back line would reorganize, reorganize yourself and go across the other side. <laughs> so and, funny, and you didn't want any forwards in the back line. The forwards weren't allowed in the back line. Chiming mm, into the back chiming line, center, center combinations. Mm. You know, the, now they talk about. I hear people talking about center combinations. They never see each other. No. They're on opposite sides of the field at training and playing. They never talk to each other. Where did? Where did the three, the centre three quarter? Where did that come from? Well, what's that mean? Full back, half back, yeah. front row. So half back, five eighths. It was where, it's where you were named on the page. So it's fra- it's like a fractional thing. So it's a fractional thing. So <laughs> half, a half. So if you got if you got the half in the middle, yeah. and you got the full back at the back. Five eighths was sort of like a little so- bit a little bit under the half, and then three quarters was three quarters of the way back. And so it was, yeah, that's how, it was oh, just... Oh, how good is it? That's just how they named the scene. So it was, and the lock forward locked the scrum. He locked the scrum. Second rowers, front rowers, hooker. <laughs> and that's that was the numbering of the team. So and the hooker was because he hooked for the ball. He hooked for the ball in the scrum, and he was your dummy half in general play. And he would hook for the ball in the play the ball. He used to be able to strike Yeah, for that's it. right. So the play the ball was a ruck. Yes. When, when it was unlimited tackle counts, you know, you get teams just hold on to the ball all day. There was unlimited tackle counts. The only way you could get it was to kick at the ball in the play the ball or rake the ball back in the play the ball or unless they dropped it or the referee gave away a penalty and something happened. But, um, yeah, it was hard to get the ball. That's why St. George won 11 in a row. Mm. They couldn't get the ball off them. But, yeah. um, but the bunker would have a conniption if it had to officiate on an old old school game, wouldn't it? The bunker wouldn't last long back in the old days, mate. Someone would walk off the field and sort that out. <laughs> Where's this bunker bloke? <laughs> wouldn't be having that. <laughs> oh, very the funny. Bunker wouldn't get a run. Willow, Willow, Willow's a big fan. G'day, Willow. He wants us to get rid of the kicking tees for a day and use sand again. Yeah, the sand, the sand was a thing. Well, in the old days, you didn't even have a sand boy, so you'd have to get, scratch around and get your own dirt. And sometimes late in the year, there wasn't much dirt on the field. So you'd have to scratch around. Or you'd want to be digging their studs into the ground, getting some dirt to make <laughs> a pot. didn't even have a sand And because the dirt was so dry, it would just lay there. So you really didn't have a good mound for it. So I'd, I'd come up with this idea for um, what most goal kickers at the day would. They'd get a sand boy and they'd get them to wet the sand because mm. then you could make a little sand castle mm. out of it and sit the ball on it so it would, it would be right. But um, when you played at the cricket ground, they wouldn't let you use sand because 
they didn't want to affect the soil. They didn't want to affect cricket pitch. The, the cricket pitch or the turf. So um, <laughs> you would have to, they'd have to scratch around. And I remember old, the old commentator, uh, um, he used to talk about, you know, these forwards scratching like hens to get a mound for the kicker to kick the ball. They're all scratching <laughs> scratching the ground like hens. Um, Frank Hyde. Frank, Frank Hyde, Hyde. I remember Frank Hyde talking about that a lot, you know. And Frank Hyde was a goal kicker. He used to hate it. But the, the, the mound of dirt was no good for you if the, if the dirt was dry. The dirt had to be wet. So then you'd call for the magic sponge to come out and you'd squeeze, <laughs> the, you'd squeeze the water on the dirt to make it a bit. And then you'd have mud all over your hands to make the mound. <laughs> Is so this you, the same game? So you get a... You get a thing, and oh, they, they barred the kicking to you. Someone who introduced the kicking to you, I said, "No, we're not having that newfangled thing." Well, we'll do our dirt, and you'd have to, <laughs> the dirt. and then and then someone invented the drink bottle. You know, the drink mm. bottle. So you'd be able to give it a squirt on the sand and on the water on the dirt, and then you'd be able to build a little mound, sit the ball on top of the mound, kick the ball because everyone was toe poker in those days. How would you kick the old leather ball without having a mound? You couldn't. <laughs> well, no, you could. What you, the other one was, dig your hurdle into the ground, make a little hole, and then you'd sit it up on its point. You'd stand it up. A lot of kickers stood the ball up. Len Colleen, famous kicker for uh, Balmain, but a lot of kickers did, particularly short from near the post. You just dig your hurdle into the ground, you put the stand the ball upright on its point, and you kick it, toe poke it. Then a bloke came out from England called John Gray, who was a hooker for the English Internationals, and he kicked like a soccer player. He kicked round the corner, ah. and that was the start of the round the corner kicker, which was easily the best way to kick it. But you but couldn't kick that without a mound. Break your, break your yeah, you could. Yeah, they could did. You? Yeah, he just he just dug his hurl into the ground, stuck the ball in the ground, walked back three paces, and went bang, kicked the ball. Wow! It was an easier way to kick it because you got yeah, it was a much easier way to kick it. And I, I don't know why it took so long for round the corner kickers to come into. Maybe honestly, I would have thought it, what you weren't allowed to do it. I thought you had to kick like that because all the kickers back in the day were toe pokers. So that's the way we learned to kick. I kicked that way because Changa Langlands kicked that way. Hmm. Right? That's I just copied him. I just copied the way he kicked. And I played soccer. I could actually kick round. In fact, the last year I played, um, uh, I did some round-the-corner kicking because it was much easier than, than toe-poking. Toe-poking was hopeless. And those old leather balls were impossible to kick at yeah. times, particularly on a wet day because they, they were as heavy as bricks, uh, the old leather balls. They got so wet and heavy and... But the leather ball, used, the seam used to be crooked and there would be a fat side to the ball and a skinny side to the ball and oh. there was an art in how to place like, it and name it. It's not the same game. It's just frightening. Oh, it's a different planet, mate. Different planet. Very good. We love going down memory lane here. Different planet.